Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, today's guest is one of those athletic directors that we should all be striving to work for or work under. Um, Connor Smith from Dallas Baptist um, has been there for several, several years, and and he has taken an athletics program from from good to great now, and even culminating in the baseball team who, you know, Dallas Baptist is D2, but the baseball team actually plays a D, plays D1, and they actually made it to, to the College World Series in baseball this year, and it's uh, it's been incredible to see the development of that program. Yes, uh, I've seen uh, Connor uh, lead with, with ADs for Christ. I've been on, on some of their emails and read some of his devotionals, and I know that he's he's doing phenomenal things, and just in this interview, he talks about um, why his coaches are like CEOs of their own programs. He also gets into and describes what the Patriots' way is, uh, or Patriots prepared, pardon me, and uh, how that's influenced in their school. And he has a lot of little nuggets in there. If this is an AD listening, you're going to love it and learn a ton. And if it's a coach, you're going to really hear the heart of an AD, hear what they have to do and, and how they lead. And so uh, just a really, really great interview. I love this and Connor's doing great, great things. So we are ready to get into this interview right now. Connor Smith, thank you so much for for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. Our first question is always, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach or AD in your case? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on this morning. I appreciate it and uh, excited to to jump into it. Uh, when I think about a Christian coach or a Christian administrator, you know, first you have to look at, you know, what, what is a Christian and uh, somebody who's dedicated their life uh, to the Lord and is following Jesus. And so uh, what is a coach and how do those two mesh together? It's, it's loving the Lord, it's, it's discipling, it's mentoring, it's using the platform of sports uh, to share the gospel and to lead others to Jesus. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, if you had at, if you had told your ten year old self that now you would be an athletic director, uh, what would he have said? I don't. Uh, my ten year old self probably wouldn't have known what an athletic director uh, was. Um, but I consider myself one of the luckiest uh, individuals in the world, being able to be in this role. Um, I never thought that I would get into higher education or. Uh, administration or or becoming an athletic director, Um, but sports led me there, and sports has been a part of my life since I was five years old, and, uh, you know, now honored and privileged to get to work alongside what I believe are are some of the best coaches in the country here at Dallas Baptist University and uh, almost 400 student-athletes, and so as a former student-athlete myself here at DBU, you know, I, there, there was coaches and administrators that poured into me and changed my life. And so that's kind of what got me into this was people and those who made a difference in my life. Um, from my research, it, you played golf at DBU, right? Um, what, what did you start playing golf at five years old or what was your gateway sport? Yeah, actually, it was basketball. Okay. Uh, I mean, I played all sports, basketball, football, baseball, um, my dad uh, was a huge basketball guy, played basketball in, in college. 
Uh, but basketball was, was my passion. I didn't start playing golf uh, until middle school. In fact, I went out for the seventh grade golf team and didn't make the team. And that really frustrated me. And, um, and so literally practice every day and just had a drive every day between seventh and eighth grade, um, made the team in eighth grade and, and then just developed a passion and a love for the game and stopped playing other sports. Once I realized a, a five, eight, uh, stature wasn't going to get me very far in basketball. Um, but I just developed a love and a passion for golf and, uh, just stuck with it. What was it about golf in seventh grade that you decided to quit all the other mainstream sports to pursue golf? Yeah, really. It was my friends started playing it. I mean, I, my dad took me to the golf course, uh, at a young age, uh, we'd go out there with him and enjoyed the sport, but, um, it was something that my friends started, uh, to get into and enjoyed and, and all of us, you know, just developed a passion for it. And, uh, we lived out at the golf course during the summers. I mean, my, my mom or dad would literally drop me off at seven 30 in the morning, uh, at a golf course in Leander, Texas in North Austin. And, um, and then would come pick me up in the afternoons late in the afternoon. So I'd play 36 holes or 54 or 72 and, um, just fell in love with the game. Are there any transferable skills that you learned in golf that now you use on a daily basis as an athletic director? A hundred percent. You know, I've got kind of a long-term desire and dream and vision to to do my own podcast. And, um, uh, but, you know, 18 holes of golf, you know, the character, the, the ethics, the integrity, um, how to overcome adversity, uh, how to become cool and collective, how to not get too high, not how to, you know, not to get too low. I mean, golf taught me so many things, just like all sports do, um, like I'm sure tennis uh, did with you. Um, but absolutely, there's so many things that, that translate over into real life and uh, your professional work and relationships and you could, the list goes on. Yeah, my... I am not a very good golfer. I, I, my ball goes straight. It doesn't go very far, but it does go straight most of the time. But I, I started playing golf after I got married and didn't have kids. My wife was a nurse and she worked the evening shift. And so I was alone most evenings and I was like, well, golf is perfect. I'll just go nearby golf course and play. And, and I learned the power of finishing well, because if you can, be terrible 17 holes that 18th hole you're really good you're gonna think that you're the best player in the world and you are gonna come back the next day and then you're gonna suffer 17 holes again um and i think that translates to life as well and even just small moments right if you if the ending is good it it makes everything else worth it yeah you're exactly right um now let's go let's go talk about a little bit more about leadership um you, you're in a position, obviously, of leadership now where you're leading lots of coaches and how, how are you able to empower them um, in order for them to do a great job? I think, you know, over the last 10 years you've been at DBU as an administrator, it, you know, the program has, has grown tremendously, you know, culminating now with baseball having a great run in the D1, uh, you know, World Series and the Super Regionals. Um, how, how are you able to, to maintain that kind of excellence through a long period of time? 
Yeah, one of my favorite authors uh, and pastor is uh, Dr. Mark Batterson. Um, he's a pastor at Community Church in Washington, D.C., and, and has written a number of books. Um, one thing that he's talked about in several of his books is long obedience in the same direction. And, um, you know, there, there's also uh, the quote about, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. I mean, we've had uh, a lot of people, a lot of great people, great leaders of high character, strong believers that have been doing great things for a long time and have just been as has the term that's used all the time is just focused on the day-to-day, focused on the process. And so you do all the small things right for a, for a long time, then great things start to happen. Um, we have uh, great coaches here. My philosophy of, of leadership um, one has been of service, but it, it's truly that our head coaches are the CEOs of their respective programs. Um, and it's my job to serve them, um, to encourage them, uh, to equip them uh, with everything that they need to be successful. Um, and so I really think, and, and it's, it, it's not just me, we, we've got a lot of great people on this campus that have served for a long time. And it's a culture of excellence. It's a culture of um hard work, um, you know, that blue collar mentality. And uh, I think you have a lot of people in, in an organization uh, in a college that uh, are all on the same boat rowing in the same direction as John Gordon likes to say. Uh, and, and it's been really fun to be a part of. There's been momentum, a lot of momentum the last six to seven years um, and even beyond that. And it's just fun to be a part of, um, but it also, you know, you each day, uh, you have to focus on the fundamentals. You have to focus on, as Joshua Metcalf would say, first things first. Um, and you have to do all those little things right in order uh, for those breakthroughs to happen. Yeah. What, what role does faith play in that, you know, uh, philosophy of leadership of yours? Uh, it, it is uh, the nucleus of that. Um, you know, the, the, the verse that we all know, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And that's really uh, the day-to-day model that we have here at DBU. And, and I know you guys have uh, at Liberty, um, but just trying to sharpen one another, pushing one another. Um, as our president says here at DBU, you know, we've got our feet in the field, hands on the plow and eyes on the cross. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of hard work, but the, the faith component is not something that is compartmentalized on the, on the side. I mean, it's integrated and woven into the fabric of everything that we do here. And so, um, you know, we look to, we look to the, the greatest leader of all time, um, in Jesus Christ and, and try to model his excellence. And so, you know, the, the term that we use is Christ-centered championship athletics. And so, you know, the Christ-centered piece to that and then the championship piece to that are, are intentional. Um, but the model is excellence. The expectation is excellence. And um, it takes what it takes. And so, um, you know, I, I, that's the fun thing about working here is, is we have uh, great people who have high capacity, high motors, uh, but also um, understand what's most important. And that is, you know, we do all these things, but we want to give him the glory and uh, point it all back to him because he's the reason that we're here. Yeah. Well, that's, thank you for sharing. I've, I've been taking some notes here as you, as you speak. Um, 
we have a lot of coaches, obviously, that listen to this podcast. Um, and we, you know, I think it would be a great service to them if, if you could share a little bit of your hiring philosophy. What, what are you looking for? And obviously, X's and O's is a must. It's the baseline. But what are some of those intangibles that you look for in a, in a resume or, or a job interview um, that has allowed you to build such a great program the last six, seven years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And we just came off of, of two coaching hires, hired a, a new uh, head volleyball coach and then a, a new men's uh, soccer coach. Um, you know, while a lot of our head coach searches are the same, every one of them is a little bit different. You know, each sport is different. Um, you know, at DBU, obviously, we want the right fit. We want somebody who, um, you know, checks all of the boxes uh, and is highly qualified in their respective sport. Uh, but we also want somebody who loves the Lord, who has a reputation uh, of strong work ethic, um, somebody who is a grinder, you know, who has that grit and grind. Um, but the intangibles that you talked about, I mean, some of the hires or interviews that you have, Somebody just has that it factor that you can't explain. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's the athletic director or maybe that's another administrator at the school that maybe connects with that person on a different level. Um, but I think somebody who truly gets it has that it factor that um, is so hard to explain. You can't explain it. It's just something that that uh, that happens during that process. Um, I, I think relationships or something that's been really big. Uh, people that, that I love and trust um, either have worked with or value their input and feedback. That's something that's always valuable through those uh, interview and, and head coach or staff searches. Um, but somebody who understands what you're trying to do, the mission and vision of what you're trying to do um, can demonstrate or explain how they have either done it or how they plan to do it. Um, and then somebody who's going to be fun to work with somebody, you know, we talk about DBU family at, at our, uh, at our institution, somebody who you can do life with somebody who um, that you're going to enjoy working with and who's going to push you and challenge you. I mean, I think that's the other thing, that you're looking for is somebody who's going to push the envelope, uh, challenge the status quo, just because something's uh, been done one way at, a, at an organization or a school doesn't mean that, that that's the way that it has to continue to happen. So somebody who's, who's going to get after it and, uh, and elevate the program and, and make it better than where it currently is when they step into that role. Um, but somebody obviously who, who, wants to be and feels called to be in that role at that particular time for a certain reason. And, and it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of tugs on the heartstrings when you're having those conversations, but those intangibles are hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to iron sharpens iron, you know, um, having, having that mentality. Um, I'll, I'll, during my research, I found uh, this program you guys do with your student athletes called Patriots Prepared. Um, and you know, a lot, basically every university says they're preparing their kids for life after school and life after college, but we know that that's not always the case, you know, um, what, what is Patriots prepared? Um, and how can maybe some coaches can implement at a smaller scale with, within their own, with their, within their own team? 
Absolutely. No, thanks for asking. Uh, Patriots Prepared was developed uh, three years ago. Uh, you know, the goal is for our student athletes to graduate and uh, get a job and go on to be successful. Some of them may uh, play professional sports for a little bit, but you know, our student athletes are going into the workforce. They're going to be doctors and lawyers and teachers and coaches. Um, and Patriots Prepared is uh, life skills programming, leadership, uh, social and character development programming uh, to where we're not only equipping them uh, with the skills uh, and practices, um, resume building, leadership development. Um, and, and for example, the, the first one that we did uh, a few years ago, uh, the very first one was a was a leadership panel discussion. So we had Chad Estes, executive vice president of the Cowboys, Cynthia Marshall, CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, and, a, and a couple of other, uh, Dave Brown, the, the CEO over at American Airlines Center, uh, and Rob Matwick, executive vice president for the Rangers. Uh, great people, strong leaders. Um, they gave of their time um, to... Uh, to DBU student athletes and uh, talked about leadership and their experience, um, advice that they had. We had a Q&A session. So that's just one of the things that, that we've done just to help our student athletes. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. That's what it's for. And so it's programming to help, um, to help them, to give them the experience, the relationships, the contacts, the network, uh, to be able to, to get a job and be successful after they leave DBU. Yeah. And, and sometimes having a different voice speak of basically the same, you know, some, sometimes the same thing as the coaches are telling them every day, it, right. it uh, reinforces them. Um, so many times, you know, talking about small details in the process. And then we read a book with our girls on the team and they're like, wow, yeah, we should really focus on the process. It's like, okay, well, thank you, John Gordon. Appreciate it. <laughs> right. Uh, my, 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 my last question is about growth mindset. Um, nobody that I've known, ex, you know, has extended amounts of success. I'm a Patriots fan, DBU Patriots and New England Patriots fan. Um, but, and they've been great for 20 years, you know, and obviously that has to do with the, you know, the, the leadership in there and always growing, um, even though Belichick's seems grumpy all the time i'm sure you know he, he he changes from year to year to adapt to the circumstances of the team how how have you seen growth mindset shape your culture there at dbu and how is it important for us coaches to be able to instill that in our student athletes yeah i mean that's something that we talk about uh all the time i mean i mentioned earlier the proverbs 27 17 um, you know, one of our coaches here, in fact, our head baseball coach, you know, his philosophy and kind of mantra since he's been the head coach is, is 1% better uh, every day. Um, but we, that's one thing that we talk about often is how we can get better, um, how we can develop. Um, so one exercise, in fact, we just did this a couple of days ago, just of one small thing that we do from a growth mindset standpoint is uh, at least once, maybe maybe more than once a year, we have three questions. 
um, with our leadership team. And I know uh, some of our coaches do this, but this is just one small example of what things are we doing that we need to stop doing? You know, maybe things that haven't worked or are outdated or, you know, don't make sense anymore. Um, the other one is what are we not doing that we need to start doing, you know, as we try to get better and look at the market, look at our competition um, of all the different areas of recruiting and processes and social media and what we're doing internally and externally. Um, and then what are we doing that we need to improve on, um, that we need to polish, that we need to, to sharpen our pencil on, that, that, may, that may be working, um, that we're having some success with it, we're headed in the right direction, but we just need to further develop it. So those are three questions that we ask uh, of ourselves every single year. Um, we, develop, we also developed a, a philosophy that actually it's made its way onto a document and it's called the Patriot Way that, you know, you say the Patriot Way, what is that? Well, it's, it, it, it's our mission, it's our vision, it's how we're going to do things, it's why we're gonna do it that way. It's backed with scripture and biblical references. Um, but we talk about, you know, we wanna be, the innovators. We want to be out in front, maybe not on the bleeding edge, but on the cutting edge of uh, our industry. Um, you know, a lot of our sports programs and our head coaches are getting really big into technology. You know, technology analytics, uh, data is so important in this day and age in every sport. I mean, as a former golfer, as a tennis, yeah. ex-tennis student athlete, and now coach, um, I mean, all of the data, you know, when you talk about uh, TrackMan, I mean, one of the neat things that uh, we've been able to, uh, to experience is, is TrackMan with our baseball program and also with our golf program where uh, it was actually alumni who gave back, who donated to allow us to purchase that technology that provides, as you know, all different types of analytical data on swing speed and ball speed and in different angles, launch angles. Um, so little things like that to where um, we are trying to procure and uh, raise money for resources so we can have these little things that if we truly say that we're going to have a growth mindset, what are we doing? What strategies are we developing um, from a fundraising standpoint, um, from procuring funds to be able to purchase certain things. Uh, another example is, you know, heart rate monitors. Um, I mean, the list goes on of all these new gadgets and gizmos yeah. um, <clears throat> that have surfaced in sports, you know, all the way down to, you know, kids that are taking golf lessons now at eight years old that are on video um, I was never a video person myself. I was just a kind of a keep it simple, stupid approach. But if you're going to have a growth mindset, <clears throat> what does that look like? How do you do that? How do you develop and build your strategies, either as a coach, as an athletic department around that um, to where you can put those things in motion? So that's something that's really big here. Um, I think the, the greatest resource that our coaches have are themselves. Um, where, you know, our golf coach is learning from maybe our basketball coach, our basketball coach is learning from our baseball coach, 
Um, and so it's really important for us uh, in staff meetings throughout the year or in other conversations where, you know, we're having workshop type style discussions or um, kind of open discussions about what are you doing here? How are you doing this? You know, what's worked, what hasn't worked. So um, I think, you know, what we, what we want to develop is just a organization, a factory of development. That may sound a little silly to say, but we all want to get better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our four pillars are athletic success, academic excellence, community engagement, and spiritual leadership development. And, you know, we're constantly asking ourselves, how can we get better in every single one of those categories? And then let's put it in a motion. You can't do everything all at once. Um, so maybe you have a list of 10 things that you want to do. We'll pick two of them, execute those really well, do those things very, very well. They may have worked. They may not have worked. Um, but slow, sustainable growth. I think that's one thing that I've learned early on and made several mistakes is you can't be everywhere all the time. Um, you can't be everything to everybody. Um, you, you can't execute 10 things at one time. Pick a few things, do those very well and go to the next one. So slow, sustainable growth and uh, as your organization grows, as your culture grows, um, I think some of those processes and how you go about that uh, will get will get better over time. That's great. That that answer reminds me of uh, the visual of being a mile wide but just one inch deep. Instead, you know, and, but we should try to be one inch uh, wide with a mile deep. You know, pick pick a few things, not, you know, like I, like you said, don't try to be everything to everybody. Just pick one thing. Is it analytics? All right, let's go invest in analytics and go as far as we can and see if it works. And then it goes back to the question, do we need to stop that? Do we need to, you know, start something else or do we need to continue doing this in a better way? Um, right. So that's good. Well, uh, Connor Schmidt, thank you so much for, for being here. This was such a blessing. Uh, you're taking the time to be here. Um, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, I'd say, you know, pray for pray for our coaches. I mean, pray for our staff, um, you know, inclusive of, of me, of course. I mean, all of us, um, you know, coming off uh, such an unusual year and uh, looking forward to the to the fall semester um, and maybe not as uh, chaotic and, and hostile uh, environment where there's we hope. <laughs> and, and maybe those aren't the right word. Maybe just such an uncertain uh, yeah. environment. And so um, I, I think just that the Lord would continue to guide uh, and give wisdom uh, and that we would continue to look towards him uh, for guidance. I think that's the other um that's the most important thing. You know, we, we're, we're not going to be able to, um, to follow his will and, and do as, as he wants us to do unless we're in line with him and we're seeking him daily. Um, because it's not until we seek him and find him that we know, uh, you know, what the next steps may be. It's, it's that second part of, of Jeremiah 29, 11. So, you know, seeking him with all of our heart, um, and so I appreciate the, the question. How can we be praying for, for you guys there at Liberty? Um, I think same, same, um, is navigating these uncertain times and, and staying grounded in, uh, in, uh, 
in Jesus, um, he, he is our, our rock. And so um, I think, you know, the, the times may come, but I think if we're grounded in him, it makes it a much easier task to go through them. Amen. Yeah. All right, let's Amen. pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for the leadership of uh, Mr. Smith there at DBU, Lord, for the, oh, the last 10 years as an administrator and four years as an athlete. Um, Lord, uh, thank you that you've put him in a, in a position that he can really impact the lives of coaches, staff, athletes uh, in a way that is um, honoring to you, that is a way that is edifying um, the, the, the staffs and athletes soul, Lord, that um, Lord, I ask that you, you help us all navigate these unstable times, Lord, that we will put our foundation, build our foundation in you, Lord, in your word and in your promises, because we know that you're in control of our lives. You have us in your hand. Jesus, thank you again for saving us. Thank you that you, 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 you got, you know, you, you died on the cross for all of our sins, Lord. And uh, help us to all spread that message to everyone that we come in contact with. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. This was uh, such a great interview, Connor Smith, filled with so much wisdom and, and knowledge and experience. And uh, just a great quote that he talked about with his coaches is just what needs stopped, what needs started, and what can be improved? What are you already doing that, that you can uh, need to be doing more of to get great results? And um, I think just seeing uh, his longevity there at Dallas Baptist, you know, uh, I think it's easy maybe for leaders to come in and provide a spark and, and change some things and show some instant results. But I have a lot of respect for Connor to see uh, just after these, these years of leading, how he's continuing to find ways to get better as department, uh, continue to challenge his staff and just make his school and, and athletic program grow. Yeah, I, I related to uh you know ad smith in in a way that when we became the coaches here at liberty with the women's tennis it was the same way like we walked into the office we already beat a record because no coach has ever walked into this office or you know we we played our first full year of d1 schedule like that's a record you know um and now after 10 years now you know the records that we're trying to be are much more in the details not so much in the grand things and i related a lot with um uh, Mr. Smith in, in the way that, you know, now he's looking for analytics or better ways to just manage the systems instead of just grand gestures or grand projects. Um, but I, I really like this conversation, Chad. The other thing I liked was when he talked about having long obedience in the same direction, which then can only lead us to success. You know, when, when our minds are not wandering around, when our actions are always going the same direction. And I think there was a quote from Tony Dungy that you're your actual tongue should be following the tongue of your shoes or something, um, you know, you know, walk in the same direction that you're, you're speaking. Um, and I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And, and just coach, just, you know, as it's uh, a time to reflect here, nearing up, you're not for Christmas season. We hope that you're taking some time to evaluate, you know, how was, how was this fall? You know, how was your heart? How's your spiritual walk? What might need to be changed heading into the new year? And uh, just, just remember that the mission field is right where you're at.